0: Talking, talking, it talk, talk their movies talk it talk it talk their movies talk it talk it talk in their movies talk it talk it talk in their movies the time we shut up i do it all lot Do Do it one. Do it one. Do it one. Bada boom bada bing. What is happening, party people, and welcome to another edition of Talking During Movies, the podcast where you take key moments and quotes from a film to drive a conversation. Or sometimes it's just me, but umping my gums, and that's what I'm doing today. I am solo. It's been a minute. I apologize. Uh, you know, this is uh, I'm going through some personal stuff uh, that I obviously can't talk about uh, on this podcast right now. And but it is um yeah, it's just got. I don't, I'm not in the right headspace, and I don't want to turn out garbage to you guys. So I'm taking some time. I'm probably gonna take some more time, uh, and then we'll we'll come in strong 2022. I promise. But for today. talking over one of my favorites a 1987 classic steve martin john candy planes trains and automobiles you know this movie kind of inspired this podcast and it also uh you know it, it inspired me to to cook and have a lot of fun with friends uh over the holidays and even not over the holidays you know but it also it's so it's so real even to today. I mean, you've got Steve Martin. He's working hard. By the way, background noise. That'd be a noisy dishwasher. I'm at my house. You might hear also a, a washer and dryer. I'm doing laundry. i got to get ready. Big Thanksgiving tomorrow. I've got to cook some food. Uh, but I'll, I'll get into the recipe here in just a second of what I'm cooking. But I just want to touch base on this really quick. It's interesting, right? Steve Martin's trying to rush to the airport to get there, to catch a flight, to go see his family. You know, uh, I don't know. It was like three weeks back. I was... Rushing to the airport to actually go to work, to fly to work. And, you know, I go, it's like four in the morning. I get up, I leave the house at 4 30. I get to the airport, I try to check in. I can't check in. I can't check in. I'm like, what's going on? So I, I use my confirmation number. No. Use my name. No. Go to the front and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry to bother you guys, but I can't seem to check in and my flight. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but it is early in the morning. I'm a knucklehead. Who knows? You tell me. So we chatted up a little bit, they give, a, they give a little one-two look around to try to see what's going on. I'm like, oh yeah, sorry, that flight was cancelled an hour ago. You should have gotten a text message. I'm like, man, my phone goes on sleep. Now, I don't know how you guys do it, but my phone has a, uh, a sleep mode and it just... And what I do is I just try to have things where they're at, you know, where it's just, it's... I get some rest. My phone just blocks you out for about seven, eight hours even though I don't sleep that well because of the ringing tinnitus in my ears, it still blocks you out seven, eight hours. And that's all I need, right? I don't sleep that long, but at least my phone's not lighting up or buzzing. So I just missed it. And then I'm trying to book another flight. I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to get out the next day. They're trying to move me around like, well, listen, I can fly to Dallas and go to Dallas then to Dallas. We can put you on a flight to Vegas and from Vegas. We get I'm like, hold on. Could I get stuck in one of these cities? And they're like, oh yeah, of course you could. I'm like, well i could they're like yeah yeah there's a lot of delays you know in southwest blamed weather which wasn't really there uh quick flash news flash. kevin bacon siding, running for a taxi anyways and if you guys for those of you who don't know there's these yellow cars used to drive around a lot they're called taxis you'd give them money it was kind of a pain in the butt because you know it was they could do the roundabout drive we'll, and we'll get into more into taxis because it actually plays a big role in the movie here but back to this Movie and the Kevin Bacon sighting. Well done, Kevin. Uh, you, you're uh, Quicksilver. I still, I need to find a cyclist to talk over Quicksilver. Can someone put that out? Who's really good at you know cycling or bicycling or whatever it is? Uh, Quicksilver, fantastic film. Love it, and I, I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Anyways, anywho, so I'm trying to get to work, and I can't. I got to call the boss and be like, hey man, all the flights in this area have been canceled. And Southwest is blaming weather. You know, the media is blaming pilots who don't want a vaccination. There's all of this stuff. All of this stuff happening. I have no idea. I didn't know. So I got to rework my whole schedule to try to get back out there. It was a pain in the. It was a pain, pain, pain in the ass. And it was reminiscent of this movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I just didn't get to do the train. You know, I had to do a lot more driving. And of course got the plane, right? But I didn't actually get to meet anybody fun, and my adventure was quite, you know, nominal at, at best. But it was more of just an absolute pain in the butt. And this, is, this really sets the tone of this part of the movie, right? Where Steve Martin's just desperately trying to get home. He's talking it up, and, and actions, you know, he's uh, just taking opportunities, being, being dumb to the world. You know, John Candy is here, and he's loading, he just sees a cab, and he's loading his trunk up into this cab. And it's absolutely amazing. He's loading it up, he's sitting it down, he's getting in the cab and he doesn't realize that Steve Martin's trying to pay to get in this cab, to take this cab. You know, now it's like, oh, this guy stole my cab. He stole it. He's running down the street after him. You stole my cab. You stole my cab. And you gotta, I mean, you gotta imagine, right, how stressed out has Steve Martin been working. He's late to the airport. He's trying to get a cab. He just paid way too much money for a cab. Now he finally catches up. He's like, hey, man, you stole my cab. And it's just John Candy <clears throat> going, I, I don't think I did. You know, now he's got a ruined briefcase, everything, right? I don't need to walk you through every essence of this film. But it is, it's interesting because Candy's just a dumb luck guy. He has no idea. He has no idea whatsoever. Luckily, Martin finds a bus. And at 5.58, he's really, really, really trying to get on this flight. Obviously, this is before TSA, and this is before, you know, all of all of the security checks. So, you could kind of show up super late. And lucky for him, he does show up, he shows up and finds out it's been delayed. And that's all right, right? Now, you kind of take an ease. But here's the weird thing, right? I mean, this is back in the day when, you know, I guess they still do it now, but it's just different, Right? You know, uh, I would back in the day go hit the uh, the airport bar. I don't mind a ten dollar beer when my flight's been delayed, right? Or I'm or I'm flying and I'm not having to drive when I land. I love the airport bar. I think it's amazing. In fact, and I think I've talked about this before, but I'll share it again. I have this idea for a show, right? But it's it's got to be set up. You got to kind of do a private website. You got to set it up, and it's called Will He Go? And this is very reminiscent of yesteryear. So anyone my age, let's go, let's go 40 and above, right? You got to remember back in the day, um, you know, there wasn't nudity and there wasn't explicit language, just readily found because there was no internet and readily found, uh, you know, on your television. In fact, you couldn't. You'd have to go, you know, find movies or do something odd, right? And uh, in fact, bringing it up, I mean, talk about coincidences here, or I set it up good because it's what I do for a living. Who knows? What is uh, John Candy reading? He's reading The Canadian Mountain. What is that? Penthouse form, And how does that tie in? Because there's an era of young men who read these stories, and, and older men who read these stories. No pictures, just stories about these odd coincidences that always led to people having explosive, sweaty, amazing, sex. Just, I mean, just crazy sex, right? So like the pizza guy, the postman, and obviously airport bars. And so my idea is this. You go to, you buy one-way tickets on Southwest, you get that $59 deal or $39 deal, who cares? It's flying out of, pick your cities, you got to do five, and then pick five models in each city, right? And then, so you've got five cities, Five models, five flights. Someone can do the math. It's gonna be less than $1,000. Then you gotta pay the models, and you gear them out. They've got a wig on, they've got a, uh, they've got a remote mic, they've got a remote camera, you know, just like, think of it like the CIA, FBI stuff. And then you've got someone else monitoring sounds. And you have the lady sit down next to a gentleman who looks like a business traveler. So, decently dressed, you know, got a uh, one of the shoulder bags, man purse. You get those people involved. She sits down. First thing, oh man, I just, they canceled my flight. This is just horrible. Bartender, can I get a drink, please? And you're hoping the guy's going to be a gentleman. He's like, what? They canceled your flight? You've got to be kidding me. They canceled your flight? Oh my goodness. I'll get your drink. Then you start the heavy flirting. Where are you flying to? What are you up to? Oh my goodness, you know, I am, um... I'm doing this, that, and the other. Now I've got, you know, they hooked me up with this great room in downtown Austin. <clears throat> they gave me money for meals. You know, I can't eat all this. I can't drink all this. Too bad you're flying out. You're a handsome guy. You know, and he's like, keeps the flirting, have another drink. Because he's waiting for his flight. She's got it. She's like, well, I'm going to go soon. I was like, oh, you know, but I'll stick around and chat with you. You're so nice. I don't want to be alone in Austin, let's say. So they play this game for, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Then it comes time. Will he go? Will he go with her on, a, on an illicit rendezvous? Or will he catch his flight and go home? Could be to a family, could be to an empty apartment, could be to a fish, a cat, a dog. We don't know, we're not here to judge. We're just wondering, will he go? So as soon as he is on the hook, as soon as she's locked him in with the will he go, right when that's dialed in, when it's like paging Mr. Thompson, Mr. Thompson, uh, this is the last call for Alaska Airlines, flight 729 to Burbank. Mr. Thompson, you are needed. The jetway is about to close. And when they close that jetway door, they cannot reopen. There are rules. When that door goes click, it does not reopen. I don't care who you are. No sir, no how, no way. It's not reopening. So don't even think about it. Don't you wrap your pretty little head around the idea that you're gonna sneak back on a gently when that door's closed. Not happening, at all. As soon as that happens, she just goes, excuse me, I'm gonna go use the restroom. I'll be right back and then let's let's go hit the town in Austin. I got cash burning a hole in my pocket. Because I'm a pretty lady, and let's do this. She goes in. She takes the wig off. She changes her clothes. Throws it in a bag. Walks out. Just walks out. He doesn't see her, but the camera crew's still there. They've got their little directional mic. They got a, They got a remote camera there. They're just filming him. And now he's like looking. He's like, dang you know what? I'll have another beer. Ladies' restroom. It could take a while. Who knows? Just one more. One more. Thank you so much. He gets another beer, and he's like, man, I wonder what's taking her so long. I hope she doesn't have an upset. Tell me that would make tonight a little awkward, or that's his thing. Who knows? But you let him go, go and go, and then all of a sudden, then the best comes, right? Because now he's got. Now he realizes she's not around anymore. As soon as he realizes she's not coming back, as soon as that hits, now, now he's in real trouble, because now he's got to figure out how to get home. And let's say it was a work trip, right? So he's like, "Hey, uh, Patty, yeah, Patty, I, I well." Listen, there was something came up. I don't know, I missed my flight. Can you just book me on the next flight? Can you please just book me on, I, I'm sorry. Oh, listen, I, I know I called you three hours ago and said I was at the airport and then I got a call from a customer. I had to leave the airport. It's not important, okay? Yes, we got the sale. I just, okay, you can't book me. Okay. I've got to pay for my own hotel now. Oh, Geez, man, there's nothing we can do. Can I rent a car and drive to Burbank? Oh, that's gonna take two days. so I can't do that. I'm going to miss our big meeting tomorrow. This, is, You know what? And Now he's in a pickle. But it's also kind of hilarious, right? Because it is the age-old power that the uh, that the lady has over, over him on just the idea of sex, on just the idea of it happening. Now, is that realistic? Shit, I don't know. But there is a whole industry built on this idea, a whole industry. It's hilarious that Penthouse Forum, the idea of, of, of randomly meeting someone and having... Crazy sex and then just going back on your way like you just stopped and got a quick, quick cup of coffee is just ridiculous. But they printed a shit ton of them, and it inspired this idea. You know, thirty years later. So there you go. There it is. I don't know if it'll ever happen. It's kind of like I don't know if you ever saw the show Cheaters. It's kind of like Cheaters, but it's just better because you're you're letting free will happen. Like, not that cheaters didn't let, but the cheaters, the choice was already made. You're actually seeing the choice happen. And that's what I like about it. My dear friend, Chris Howard, he always tells me, he goes, you know, you do that, someone's going to shoot you. I'm like, listen, true, probably going to happen. But my death threats have already, you know, they've made the front page of the New York Times. They've uh, they made like 140 papers. So I'm not that wary of, of that happening. Uh, you know, in, in all of this, right, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Any, who's so where we're at in the movie just in case you guys are watching along Steve Martin trying to get he's desperately trying to get a place to stay and John Candy the avid traveler and now his kind of buddy who stole his cab who sells shower curtain rings right I mean shower curtain rings this is amazing in the land now where we live where all the doors are glass it's very hard to find a shower curtain and let alone then the corresponding rings but that used to be the thing you go back into the 70s the 80s and you know most homes had this formed tub and then they had a shower rod and then there was a curtain and attached to that curtain the shower curtain ring right and this but this is also where the negotiating the trading comes in this is all this is very interesting you meet someone new Hey, what's this? What's going on? You're like, oh, you are the guy that stole my fucking cab. Here's your case. It's just a big behemoth. It's his give and go. It's his take. So he's like, listen, I secured a room. I'll happily share it with you. You get the cab, right? You just, you get the cab. Well, he's in Doobie's taxi and license plate is wolf. And this is, and this is, this goes back to the other thing about, about taxis, right? So the knock on taxis was always that they didn't necessarily take you directly to your location. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, Steve Martin looks over at John Kennedy's like, hey man, he is, he is not taking us the most direct route at all. He's just, he's racking up the bill. This is bullshit. And John looks over at him, just so much innocence. Just says, you know, it's probably true, but uh, FYI, you know, he's, he's really proud of his city. Really, you know, this man is proud of his city, and he's just trying to show us his city. And I, you know, and so it's, that's the excuse used. But that was the knock on uh, on cab. So they get to the Braidwood Inn, and now, ooh, I love it. Lowers. lowers, lowers. Martin's having a tough time getting out. But this is one of Candy's old accounts. This is one of Candy's accounts where he, uh, you know, he's he sold in the shower curtain rings. he's, he's sold these in, and he's got a connection here. And this connection is as good as gold. And you know what, this is where, this is where it gets a little weird, right? Do you, do you share a, a room with a stranger? As, as a man to another, you know, if you meet another man and you're like, do we share a room? And then more importantly, is it two beds? Is it one bed? Like, what is it? Cause you've got to figure that part out. And then do you share a bed with another man? And, and can you sleep or do you lay on the floor? Do you sleep on the floor? Me, I'm, I'm the guy who sleeps on the floor. Uh, if the person, like you know, if I'm Steve Martin and he's John Candy, you know, uh, I am, um, I'm sleeping on the floor, and I'm just, I'm enjoying life. I am because you know what, John got this. Now here, this is a pivotal part of the movie, by the way. So, he does the cards, diner's card, boom, boom, and then. Steve Martin grabs a discount card to get the discount and then John Candy gets his diners card. Now, if you're like, what's diners? Well, it used to be a credit card. I don't know if diners are still around anymore. I guess someone could Google that and find out, hey diners, if you're still around, I would like to say, number one, uh, bang up job on marketing. You've really, really taken the world by storm. And what I mean by that is, I'm looking at something here. Sorry, folks. I got this new microphone, and uh, it's, is that where, I don't know, was I just on mute the whole time, or partially on mute? Who knows? New microphone, I might have just wasted 20 minutes of your life and my life. Well, I, but I see the thing coming up, so I, I see my voice going. I think we're good. I think we're good. It is, yeah, off, and uh, I don't know. I don't know, I think we're golden now. Who knows? Sorry. Distracted. This is funny though, right? They get in there, one bed. So here you go, back to the question one bed, right? Do you share a bed with another grown man or does one of you sleep on the floor? I don't care how old I am. I'm asking for extra blankets. I'm going to sleep on the floor. However, a lot of jump to something here because this is very, very crucial. Very, very crucial. The hotel shower. When you're at home and you're thinking of showering, what happens? One second here, folks. Pardon me for a moment. And we're back. Sorry about that. It's annoying enough with all the other fucking noises in this house. And the uh, little iRobot vacuum was about to cruise around. But as I was saying, the the hotel shower, when you're showering at home, right, you're thinking about hot water, you're thinking about the cost of, of the shower because you get that bill. But when you get to that hotel, you turn that hot water on, you let that bathroom get sauna hot. Get in there. You've got a limited towels. You know, obviously in this scenario, uh, Steve Martin was left with a, ba- a barely there towel, a barely there towel, right? And it's just, I mean, it's a fucking nightmare, absolute nightmare. And now you got both these assholes in the same bed, and you know, trying to toss and turn. You know, John Candy is is not the most hygienic person. I don't know if you've been around people like this, right? But there are there are those. Uh, when, sorry that's my fucking dishwasher It's so loud All these noises It's so amazing right you, you live in the house You cruise around You don't think about how noisy stuff is Until You know you're it's Until you're recording something And then you realize Holy shit like this is super noisy This is annoying as can be Just annoying But yeah so John Candy Not the most hygienic person uh, You know just an absolute fucking mess Absolute mess Steve Martin, OCD, very hygienic. These two obviously should not be sharing a room. And on paper, they don't look like friends, right? And it's funny, I've got, I've got a dear friend of mine and he always, he'll always always say, he uses my full name, Jason Jepson, how are we even friends? And it's, you know, it's true, I mean, a lot of people uh, that I'm friends with, if you looked on paper, you'd probably go, I wonder, why are you two are friends? Like, that makes no sense, now my fucking dog's moving around. It makes no sense i mean politically we're not aligned you know but our hearts and what we want to do and that we want to give back and that we uh we like to take care of people those things those are aligned and that's important and it should be you know because and then it's challenging each other to grow and be better he challenges me i try to challenge him you know he's instrumental in helping my daughter read more instrumental in getting me involved with stuff the uh the other day uh you know he in all of his work that he does he's a writer he, he takes up jobs anytime he can just to keep his ha- idle hands right just to keep himself busy and just to just to provide more but then on top of that he's also like giving out food and mission and cooking food for the homeless people and he called me up and he goes hey jay uh, i got a i got a problem i said yeah man what's going on he's like well it looks like um you know we are uh we got an extra turkey. We got an extra turkey? Holy shit, like, you mean you got a whole extra turkey? He goes, Yeah. Oh, Jesus, man. He goes, Well, wow, there's no place to cook it. You know, there's no place to cook it. It's like, No. Like, bring it over here, I'll cook it. So then I get the luxury, the privilege to cook food for some people, which I love to do. And trust me, this is coming. I mean, this is Thanksgiving, right? I mean, you know, and, and this is the, you know, for me, planes, trains, automobiles, the greatest Thanksgiving. Giving movie of all time, one of the greatest holiday movies of all time, one of the greatest movies of all time, hands down. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, uh, but I get this beautiful opportunity to to share and grow and and be a better person and that's thanks to him. You know, it really is. So if you just because you don't agree with someone on something, you you don't discard them, right? Uh, You know, you're seeing this right now, you know, in the movie, well, the beer exploded, there's there's chips in the bed, John Candy's a mess. He doesn't understand personal space. He doesn't understand real awareness emotionally, you know. He's just kind of a, he's just this larger than life person, both physically and, and emotionally, and, and just doesn't understand boundaries. And Steve Martin's OCD and crazy, and, and, and he lives in a world of boundaries, right? He lives in a world, and, and, and then add on to that work and stress and, family and just wanting to get home wanting to hug your wife and your kids and wanting to be near them and you pop and on paper these two shouldn't be hanging out and this part of the movie shows that right it, it shows his dark side his is his anger and words you know and, and and this is a valuable lesson here right and, and steve martin learns this throughout the movie his character does but you've got to really think about the words that you want to say and, and how you want to say them and why. Because they will and they do hurt people, right? Uh, and when they do, and when, you know, it's not like, can you please forgive me, and then they forget, right? You can be forgiven, but it doesn't necessarily have to be forgotten. I mean, the Chatty Cathy pulling your own string, right? You're just talking all the time, all the time, all the time. Do more ball handling than an NBA player. And you just see John Candy slowly start to shut down. You see him just get sad. You know that he's been picked on. You know he's gone through something hard. And now you see Steve and he's just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm, I'm. And he feels bad now too, right? You know what? I'm a fucking loser. I, you know, and he goes, he, and, and I like John and He goes, you know, I like me. You don't have to like me, but I, I, I like me. You know, and, and during these holidays, I'm going to bring a lot of these things in, right? During these holidays, folks, you got to like yourself. You do. You gotta like you you've got to like you you've got to want to be around you you know uh, a lot of that you just do and if you're alone you know first thing is first and I tell this to everybody that I talk to right uh, and I'll tell you guys wake up in the morning you look in the mirror and you say I love you to yourself holidays are tough times holidays with all this other shit going on and, and the economy and inflation and everything else right they're all. T- it's tough times Tough, tough times. It just is. But the first thing you gotta do is you gotta look in the mirror and say, I love you. you gotta take care of yourself, right? So take care of yourself. A, it's number one. You know, love yourself. And then two, look out and try to reach out to those other people that might be alone. But there might just be a couple of them. You know, and, and, you, and, and create a community. Uh, I, I was blessed to do this a lot when I lived in SoCal. Uh, I'd invite people over, I'd make two turkeys. I'd make two turkeys, I'd make three different kinds of mashed potatoes. I remember one time I was uh, with my roommate Eric, we had all these people over, and I had made two turkeys, a ham, three different kinds of potatoes, mac and cheese, my spicy sausage stuffing, world famous, thank you very much. It is delicious, how dare you? It's amazing. Did all of this cooking for all of these people that couldn't make it home for the holidays, that couldn't make it home for Thanksgiving, that, that missed out on that opportunity and I was lucky enough to uh to make us all food and some of it was good and some of it I'm sure wasn't I don't recall but I got a lot of ideas I didn't want dry turkey there's you know there's and, and it just you know it inspired me to cook more and do more but it was also one of those things where man I was I was so lucky so so lucky man because I uh I remember one of them, we were all hanging out, and this, and Planes, Transit, and was playing. And we were sharing stories about, you know, unique road trips and, and, uh, struggles in traveling. By the way, this is, this is one of the, you know, this is, this is one of the, the key moments of the film, right? Where John Candy is, and Steve Martin, they, they, they kind of made up, they kind of haven't made up. But they're exhausted and tired. And next thing you know, they are spooned up together. And there's, there's John with his little, little mustache. And he's nuzzling in with his nose and giving Steve Martin kisses on the ear. And then, you know, as you start to wake up, you're like, hold on, wait a second. Where am I? What's going on? And I know you've done this before. You've slept so hard. You kind of don't know where you're waking up. And it's like, hey, are we holding hands? Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where's your other hand? It's between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. And then, there's the, uh, yep. And it's like, oh, hey. We are just, we got a little too close last night. A little too snuggly bubbly. That is for sure. And now you gotta get ready to take on the day. Now you gotta get ready to take on the day. It is wild child time. And I'll tell you what, you, you watch this part, folks. You, you, you laugh to death because you got these two grown men Oh, the Bears, you know, there's and and this is a time when, uh, you know, we just saw the world a little differently. And obviously, uh, you know, they do this. This is also one of the great parts, because once again, the OCD of of Steve Martin, the OCD of just, just, he's like, man, I showered last night. I'm just, he's patting his face. He's just trying to wake up. You know what? I just, why do my, why do my hands smell so weird? What is going on? You look down and in this filthy sink. his dirty socks that he washed and as he goes to grab a towel instead he grabs a pair of John Candy's briefs he's dried his face off with some big old tidy whites love it I love it so um, you know I know we talked about this a little bit uh, when when, uh, my buddy uh, Nick Sheedy was on on the show check out uh, his PBS show and uh, check out our episode there but more importantly uh, we used to do a lot of road trips I mean, Nick and I did crazy road trips. It'd be a Friday at 4 o'clock. We'd be out of school, and we were just running solo. So what would we do? Super easy, man. We would just, shh. We'd take a drive somewhere. I mean, gas was like 75 cents a gallon. It was awesome. So we would just take a drive. And where would we go? Anywhere we wanted to. We'd drive four hours away. We drove to Helena one night just so we could cruise and meet girls from Helena, Montana. It's all we wanted to do. And then we'd drive back at like 2 in the morning. That was a four-hour drive. So we'd leave at 4 in the afternoon. My parents wouldn't know, and his parents wouldn't know where we were. We would get down there, we'd cruise around, we'd see people, we'd find their drag, we would hang out, we would do all of this. And then we'd turn around and drive home at like midnight, 1 in the morning. Get home at 5 a.m., sneak into the house. You know, parents are like, oh, you sleep all day, you lazies. I'm like, yeah, we are. We are absolutely lazy. Because we were out till 5 a.m., 4 a.m., trying to meet new girls, trying to be cool. You know, where'd you guys come from? Oh, man, we came up from Kalispo. What? You guys drove four hours? You know, and this was back in the day when speeding tickets were five bucks. So you were doing 120 miles an hour down the road. Just flying down the road. Get there in two and a half hours. You know, and then driving home... Only thing you're worried about is deer, but that's usually at dusk and early in the morning. Well, those are the two times we were driving because we're morons. And, but yeah, it's still, 120 miles an hour. The fact that we never hit a deer, never got into an accident, and always made it home safe was fucking absolutely crazy. I do love that they're trying to pay for breakfast. They just got robbed. One second, got to take a drink because you can be. Uh, got a dry throat. Allergies, I tell you, they're kicking my ass. Mm hmm. So. The road trips are fun we did one I left uh, Northwest College in Seattle I drove down to Linfield College picked him up and our first idea was we're gonna stay in San Francisco his uh, cousin who we we're gonna stay with in San Francisco she was a chef and her roommate was an adult entertainer on the stage she was a dancer and so you know we're just these dumb 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids where it's like, you know, it'd be great. We'll get good food and maybe we'll see some boobs. This would be amazing. This would be an amazing time. Absolutely amazing. Well, on our way down, we stop at this restaurant. And, uh, I mean, there's this, you know, this lady, she's got pineapple earrings and, and, and bleach blonde hair. And her husband's cooking and she's serving and get into this deep conversation and kind of see these people and, you know, whatever. It is what it is. And then we leave, and we're driving, and we don't like to take the highways because, you know, we just, we want to see all the small towns. We want to go through the small stores. We, we want to hang out. And uh, as we're coming down, you know, we're driving down, there's cars behind us, kind of honking and flashing, its lights, and, you know, this is the telltale sign that you're going to get murdered, <clears throat> and something's going to happen. No, it's these people from the fucking restaurant, and, uh, and Nick knew him. And they invited us to come down to Mexico with them. So we stop in San Francisco. We hang out for a hot minute in San Francisco, one night. And then we're like, we're driving all night long, all night, all night long, Lionel Richie style, just without the cocaine. So we're not dancing on the ceilings, but we are going all night, all night long. And we make it down to Mexico. I get Mexican insurance for the car. And there we are, we're in Mexico. and We hung out for like a week with these people in Mexico. They let us stay on their couch. It was absolutely 100 percent. it was amazing i mean street tacos and fun i remember i was and this is you know this is this is just you're being an idiot right you know you're not reading this line. i'm hitting on this girl and i think she likes me i'm dancing we're dancing together i'm not a good dancer so that's you know that's the first telltale sign that things aren't going well right i'm not a good dancer and she's but i'm like man if i'm not a good dancer she's still around that could be good well i went to use the restroom I had to use the restroom. I had a lot of beers. I had to use the restroom. I come back. I mean, I was gone for a minute or so. And she, you know, there's already, she was a beautiful woman. Already a couple of guys talking to her. And she wasn't like, oh, there's my friend. No. She was like, oh, shit, there's that guy hot. That's when you know. You know, one, not attract you. Two, you're a horrible dancer, Jay. Horrible. But it was still fun. It was an absolute blast, man, because it was a road trip. And then we drove back up. And the funny part was, so the, the real fun part was, is we get out of Mexico. We're driving back home. I've got to go up to Linfield, and then I've got to go up to Seattle. Now mind you, we're in Mexico, right? So it's the whole coast, driving up the whole coast. We get some Mexican food uh, at a Taco Bell, outside of Costa Mesa, or in Costa Mesa, California. And we've been eating in Mexico, you know, margaritas, having food, street tacos at 2 a.m., all the stuff, everything. Science of the liberty, I'm yours, all of it. And uh, what happened? Oh man, let me tell you what happened here. It was absolutely crazy. We got food poisoning from the Taco Bell in Costa Mesa, not when we were in Mexico. What does that tell you? Well, it should tell you one thing. Taco Bell's not good for you. Sorry, Taco Bell. Not gonna be a sponsor of this podcast, anyways. So it's all good. It's all good. I don't know where that story was going. I am. Uh, it's been so long since I've done this, especially a solo. I mean, I appreciate you guys for for listening to me uh, dribble on here. Uh, let me get back to the importance of this movie, please. You know, so they are obviously we've done the plane. Now nah, we've done an automobile. We have got to get back to the trains, right? We're doing the trains. We're getting on it. You guys ever do, done a train? Um, was it Nick with me again? Or was it Josh Moeller? This is my buddy Bones. We did a, uh, a train ride from Montana to Portland, Oregon. Overnight train ride, so much fun. It was really cool actually, beautiful. You don't know where those, you know sometimes obviously the tracks, you see the trains, they're, uh, they're alongside uh, the highway. But a lot of times they're not. And it was just, it was beautiful. You know, made a couple of stops, then we stopped there. I do believe uh, we couldn't find my dad at the train stop but i remembered his address and so uh we got a cab oddly enough we get this cab it costs like a hundred dollars fucking crazy expensive and then we stayed with my dad for a couple of days pardon remember and uh went to uh hawaii and oddly enough we're having we're having an okay time in hawaii but we're two you know 17 year olds seniors graduated and we're in hawaii you know we've each got a couple hundred bucks on us not a ton and uh, you know, as, as we're there, uh, we meet our friend from high school, who's also there, Ann Martin, and Anne and her parents hook up. We go out one night with them, and they hook us up with beers, and we get to have one good night of fun. And then uh, we were in Waikiki, so we got a hotel. We're in Waikiki, and the wildness of it, even, you know, the continued wildness of it is, which is hilarious, is that there are so many hookers in Waikiki, and you know, they we are we are fresh meat these guys you can tell we've got money not a lot but we have some burning a hole in our pocket you know we, we want to get we, we got to get going man but ooh, and I'll tell you they would just come and be like hi guys you know just flirting with us and at first you think why is this beautiful woman talking to us and then you realize oh that's a that's a hooker she's not talking it's like the strippers saying you know I want, I want to learn more about you no they don't not at all that is not in their Alexa they, they have no 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 they don't they're there for money and, I, and I'm not knocking them for, for their, I mean, I feel bad for them if they're doing it out of dire straits and, and, uh, or there's a, a problem, right? I mean, I, I feel bad for that but, you know uh, if it's their choice, you know, they're doing it for money right? And they're making probably pretty good money so, you know it was just, it was pretty, it was, it was hilarious because we were just, we were, we were nervous I'd never seen a prostitute before I mean, maybe on TV, never a person never like that you know, and, and there you are, and she's just you're like, oh my goodness, is that pretty lady? T- oh oh, she's oh my goodness, she's she's a woman of sin! Oh my goodness, you know, the, the two little guys who, you know, we met at church, and there we are walking the streets of Waikiki. I remember we got off a bus too early, and fucking hell, we got off this damn bus too early, and then we're trying to walk back to the hotel. We got lost. Thank goodness it's an island. But yeah, it was uh, it was wild and interesting. You know, so by the way, in this part of the movie, the train is broken down, and now they're getting to the bus still cold you know I I think it's amazing they're having all these people walk through this field like there's the service the level of service oh and there's an old man I never noticed this before there's an old man in the bus station he's got a little box he's half asleep got a cigar in his mouth he's got some mice on his knee two little mice just hanging out just having fun now buses buses have a very special place in my heart they really, really do, and the reason they do is because how many times I've been on a bus, a Greyhound. Uh, there was a time in my life, right, where I, I really believe, you know, my, um, my parents, they were just wondering if they could get rid of me or, or, or how they would get rid of me. And obviously, you know, killing me and burying me in the backyard, it's, it's not the right thing. You know, I mean, you, you'd have to walk by the gravesite every day, you're mowing the lawn, you've got to mow around me. You know all of those things it's just it's not good it's, it's not a good look if the police come if cadaver dogs come they're gonna find you right and my parents i mean, not saying they were the smartest people in the world you know but uh, they still they wanted to they wanted to get rid of me I really do believe that in some capacity and here's one because at a very very young age they were putting me on a fucking bus by myself like at least Steve Martin has John Candy and John Candy has Steve Martin we got a full bus and they're somewhat together. They might not get along, but they're together. They're having fun. The couple next to them just had some make-out and some little bit of sexy, sexy time, and now they're smoking cigarettes. They're on a the bus. They're singing songs together. They're having a good time, right? But I was on alone. I mean, I'm coming in, I'm in the fifth grade. Fifth grade, Whitefish, Montana, going down to Townsend, Montana. It's an eight or nine hour trip with two stops and, and, and two bus station, bus terminals, where you change buses. Have you been to a bus station? There's some danger in bus stations, right? There's just some, there's just some danger around there. The, the security checks that are part of, let's say, airport transportation, or even train transportation, is not the same with buses. Buses are a pulse, ability to move forward in some sort of fashion, sit quietly for hours on end, and pay $12 to go 6,000 miles, right? I mean, these are the qualifications for the bus. They would put me on a bus by myself. The bus driver would look at me and go, boy, you stay up here. Don't ever get back there and use the restroom. You just hold it. Then we would stop. Boy, you can get out. We got five minutes. If you miss the bus, you're stuck here. And I, they stopped. I mean, this bus would stop at a road, like a truck stop for us to get a snack. But you couldn't eat the snack in the bus. Or you, yeah, you, could you have beverages? I, can't, I don't think you could have beverages. It was like, he was real, you know, the, the Greyhound people were real particular about the foods you could and could not eat. It was very interesting. And so then I would go from there to Missoula. We had a bus station stop in Missoula. And I remember one time when I was in Missoula, I stopped, you know, we stopped there. And I went in to use the restroom and uh, a guy tried to follow me into the restroom. And then I went into the stall, locked the door, and he stood in front of that stall waiting. And then, luckily, some very nice bus station worker was kind enough to run in, saw what happened, ran in, and then told the guy he had to get out. And then she would walk me into the uh, ladies' restroom, and I would use the restroom uh, in the ladies' room, and she would stand guard at the door. And so there are kind people at bus stations; They're not knocking everyone that rides the bus. I'm just saying, it's not the safest thing at all. Not the safest thing, especially for a kid alone. So then I'd go from there to then down to Helena. You go to Helena, you gotta take another, you gotta, you gotta transfer, you gotta get another bus. So i I mean, I'm fifth grade. I got my luggage, I'm, I'm, I look like an idiot, I've got my headphones, I am no situational awareness to the danger that is around me or not around me. And then from there, then it takes you to Townsend, dropship in downtown Townsend, that I'd go into the mint cafe, and then I would just look at the guy at the mint, I'd say, could I please get a, a hot cocoa if it was cold out, or a milkshake? and then tell him who I was, and he would just call my grandparents. That's how small Townsend is, right? That's how small this town is. And I could just tell him, hey, here you go, da-da-da, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll call Kathleen real quick. I mean, one time, this is how small Townsend, Montana is, I wrote a letter from Hawaii to my grandmother. I just wanted to tell her hi, and that I was in Hawaii. And I put Grammy Townsend, Montana, Grammy Jepson, in Montana. That was it. She got it. She got it. That's how small that place is. And that's how well, that's how well connected it was too. I mean, you, you know the sheriff, you, you know everybody. You know the postal. There's one, there's, one, there's one person delivering mail. One post office. Maybe two people working in there. One holds down the counter, the other zipping out, zipping out packages. Probably a little uh, busier these days, but back then it wasn't. It was, it was wild. That's what I would do. And then I'd ride the bus back home. Or because my grandparents loved me, they would just drive me back. They would just, you know, they would take that eight hours that I would spend alone on a bus with strangers, and instead, they would just drive me up, drive me up to Calispell, drop me off, or meet meet my parents somewhere, buy us all lunch, and then they would just drive home by themselves. Right? But they they at least had some compassion. My mother and stepdad, they're like, oh well, this time it didn't work. Let's get him another bus ticket. Let's try this. Let's see what's going on. Right? And so it was just, it was, it was a wild time. Absolutely wild time. Not, um, you, know, and, you know, not to besmirch my parents in any way. Is that a word? Besmirch? Regan, am I saying that right? Am I using the word right? I'm probably not. I don't know why I'm asking. Well, I mean, I'm asking about him because, you know, he will hear this and he gives me a little critique on the words that I use and how I use them incorrectly or what I don't do. You know, it's interesting. I was, um, I've been on a uh, Seinfeld kick. And they were talking about, you know, adults trying, you know, adult men trying to be friends. Like, you really don't, it's hard to make new friends, right? And uh, Steve Martin and and, uh, John Candy, they just kind of broke up. It's like, we're probably best to go our separate ways. Here you go. And and now, and we're entering into another. So this movie has so many classic moments. And I want to talk about rental cars because also Seinfeld, right? You know, Seinfeld has this moment and it, and it it, it mirrors this, right? It it comes after this. So I've got to assume in some ways it was maybe inspired by this, maybe not. You know, Steve gets dropped off at this remote parking place. So, if you haven't rented a car, or you don't rent cars, there are there are two options for the in, the in the car rental area, right? There are some airports it's right there on premise. Most airports, like LAX, you get a bus, and that bus takes you somewhere. When that bus takes you somewhere, right? Then you just then you're out in the middle of nowhere, and the you know they drop you off for your car, and then they drive back and they go grab another trough of people, and then drive you out to this you know. Huge parking lot, and then you find your car. And that's just how it works. Well, Steve goes out to get there, and of course, his car's not there because this movie would not be an amazing movie if the car was there. It's not there. And he's just, he is like me in this, right? He loses it. He is pissed. He's throwing stuff. He's screaming. He's just, I mean, he's, he's probably cracking molars. He's gritting his teeth down so hard. And now he's, you know, he's not waiting for that fucking bus again. No, no, no. See, this is also this is something else that, that a lot of guys do. right. This, I'm not sitting there waiting for the bus. This is my punishment. Right? I can't believe I went through this. I can't believe this has happened to me. I'm walking back to the fucking airport. All right? I'm going to walk back. Because I want them to see the absolute amount of misery that I went through. The danger I went through. I mean, he is walking down a hill of snow, sliding right towards, I mean, right towards the freeway, absolute danger, right? But you got to show this, man. I mean, you now where's your hat? Oh, okay, your your shoes are destroyed, your hat's gone, your luggage is messy, everything, right? But you want to go through this because you need to show them the pain that you went through. It's easy to sit and wait for the bus, come back clean, like, well, you got a nice bus ride back, but you come back like that, you almost feel like you're a little more entitled, maybe to an upgrade, maybe to a lifetime of free rentals who knows who knows but then comes absolutely hands down one of the the greatest greatest deliveries of all time i mean just one of the greatest and you know you guys this is this is where it's at right this is where the world comes this is this is just it is it's absolutely amazing you know how, how this goes down, because it's, ah, I love this, I absolutely love this, so one, you have this gal, she's just trying to be so nice, right, she's like, gobble, gobble, right, just thinks it's so great, absolutely loves it, but it's not, because she doesn't realize what's, what's, what's going on, and it's, I mean, it's absolutely amazing, so she's like, well, sir, can I help you, you can get me a car, fucking car with four fucking doors, four fucking wheels, so I can fucking go where I need to go. In fact, let me just let me just say right now here it is, Neil Page. This is what he says, by the way, that's Steve Martin, right? So she's very cheerful. May I help you? Yes. How may I help you? You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks. And you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking tires, four fucking wheels, and a fucking seat. Sir, do you have your rental agreement? No. I threw it away. Hmm. You're fucked. I mean it's absolutely amazing and now you know he's at his wit's end right and this is where you will catch people and this is where things get this is this is just this is the crazy part of life right so now he's like I need a taxi it's like where to Chicago the guy's like Chicago did you try to rent a car he's like what he's like Chicago I know I need to go to Chicago he's like what is this a fucking joke listen if I wanted to see a joke I'd follow you into the restroom and watch you take a piss. Now, there we go. Get me a fucking taxi right now. And this is also the reality, right? I mean, he just gets Watusi. And who's there to almost kill him, but also save him in a beautiful green sedan with bold wood trim down the side? Your friend, you love him in your heart, he's one of the best John Candy John Candy you is your problem sir will you help pick this man up and this is also great he gets picked up by his nuts you know this is this and this is a fair this is a tell-tale warning folks right this is a tell-tale warning and something that honestly right, uh, that when you think about it it's um I mean this is you got to watch your mouth and I'm not good at this sometimes, right? I get hot under the collar, but you can't yell. You just can't randomly yell at people. My, my new thing now is, is, is especially if they're customer service and I've been having a bad day or something isn't going right. Shockingly, usually with Amazon or my bank. Uh, but, you know, I'd be like, hey, can you? Spend, who's the manager in your group that makes the most money? And they're like, what? And I'm like, who makes the most money? I'm like, why? Because... You don't get paid enough for me to yell at you. I'm super frustrated. This is not going anywhere. You got to patch me through. And you would believe there is like, oh, and it's not usually the person that makes the most money. It's the manager who's just the biggest dick to everyone. You get that person. And, it, you know, you, you would think, oh, am I going to feel better after doing this? Am I going to feel better when I'm, uh, you know, after I lash out? And there might be a momentary lapse where you, you might feel better. But actually you don't, because you've kind of made someone else's day shitty as well and that fucking sucks and you know, you're in this quagmire again, right? It's not good. It's not helpful. It doesn't do anything. You know, I bring all that up to be like, hey, the the holidays are here. Right? You're probably if you're listening to this, you might be traveling on uh you might be traveling um today, be traveling on Thanksgiving. You might be with family. You might listen to this before you're with family. Folks, you know, it's stressful, man, but don't lash out. Try not to, I shouldn't, listen, try not to, all right? Try, try not to, because they're gonna get on your nerves. I mean, people just do. And it's also stressful, right? It's stressful when people get on your nerves. You know, I mean, they're driving right now, and, and you know, it's, here we go, we got Steve Martin driving, and, and John Candy's trying to figure out this seat, and you know, he's a big man, trying to figure it out, and wouldn't you know it, you know, it's just electric, he's bouncing, it's, just, it's annoying, right? Because people can be annoying. Because that's what they are. They're people. Josh, you got to love them, right? And uh, if you're feeling yourself getting annoyed, man, you just got to boo. You got to just do. You got to do what you got to do. But don't yell. Don't snap. Take a break. Walk away. And, and try to enjoy the time with people. And now he's like, oh, man. Oh, I just got the seat where I want it. He's a big man. He can't reach down to tie his shoes. And it's just, it's a fucking nightmare. But this is also, see, this is the thing, right? I keep saying this, but every part of this movie, there are key parts key, key parts, they're, they're so funny, right? So you've, you've got the airline piece, you know, Canadian Mounted, we have the train being stopped, we have the bus, now we're in the rental car, right? And they're, and they're back and they're jawing at each other. They're, they're upset and annoyed with one another. But it leads to something absolutely magical and hilarious. And it's always magical and hilarious when, when, you, uh, when, when you survive through it, right? I remember one time, and what makes me nervous even talking about it um, because I'm just surprised we survived. You know, for those of you that listened, I apologize for repeating myself to uh, Nick and I talking, but we used to roof ride. We used to roof ride. And what that meant was is as the roof riders, right, we would uh, we'd be hanging out. As roof riders, we're hanging out at a 1984 Nissan Maxima, silver dented all to hell man it was a pos dented all to hell and but it had a sunroof and it talked to you i was like right door ajar your lights are on your lights are on i mean it just it was you know car not in park it was all all sorts of crazy stuff right it was awesome it talked to you it was absolutely amazing and it had a sunroof so we'd get going like 60 70 80 miles an hour Nick would grab a hold of the steering wheel. I would climb out and sit on the sunroof and then put my feet on the wheel to drive with my feet while it was on cruise control. And then he would climb out and sit next to me. Oh, and we didn't usually have the headlights on because we like to freak people out going by them at, you know, 80 miles an hour, two people sitting on the roof, no one driving. I mean, just morons, moron stuff. If my daughter told me that she did this, I'd probably have a heart attack and die. I just, I can't believe we thought this was okay and that we did this, right? But we did and we were knuckleheads because we, this is, we were, we were just fucking knuckleheads, man. We weren't very smart, yeah, but it was what it was, but it was also, it's like you think about these dumb things that you do. You think about these crazy things that you do to entertain yourself, you know, and man alive, did we do some dumb, dumb shit. Oh, and also dancing, driving, playing the piano. How many of you guys do this? You're driving down the road, doing a road trip. Do you do the, um, when you're when you're doing the road, when your favorite song comes on, are you singing? Yeah, probably singing, right? Are you uh, playing the piano on the dashboard? Are you playing the horns? Are you doing, well, I guess it depends on the music you're listening to, you know, or what you like to drive to. I like a broad variety of music. I think it's absolutely amazing. I like uh Muddy Waters, I like some good country, I like some rock, I like Primus, Temple of the Dog, some 90s. 80s is always good because I usually know all the, song, all the lyrics to all the songs, so I'm going sing along and the 80s, and let's be honest, you've got saxophones, you have drum solos, you have keytars, not guitar, the keytar, and you got the guitar as well. You just have this broad, broad scope of all this fun stuff, right? You've got it all amazing. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. It's the way to go. You got to sing, you got to dance, and that's kind of what Candy's doing, right? He's, he's having fun, and then, you know, he's got to take his jacket off, and, and you got to love this. And this is, so as his jacket's getting caught, and he cannot um, get it off, right, because it's hot in the car, and he's trying to get it off, and his, his one hand gets caught, and he's like, well, shit, and then he's gonna get his other hand caught. It reminds me of, you know, two, two things. One, when you drop your cell phone or you drop something else in your car and you're trying to reach for it and still drive, you're all over the fucking road. It's never safe, folks. It's just not safe. You're going to think it's like, I'm just going to reach real quick. It's not. I mean, I remember back in the day when there were CDs. I was looking for a CD, driving down the road like 70 miles an hour with my head down in high school looking for a CD. All of a sudden, what's that? Oh, huge horn? Oh, Foxville. You're welcome. I'm about to do a head-on collision with a semi. Divert course, can't believe it. What did I do right away? Just kept looking for that dumb CD. Nine Inch Nance, Fuck Me Like an Animal. It's a great album, Closer, you know, just absolutely amazing, uh, but not worth your life in any way, shape, or form. Not worth it at all. But you're just thinking, you're like, oh shit, you know, this is, uh, but I can do this. And, and you can, and Candy shows this, right? And it's absolutely, it's, it's awesome. If you're watching the film, you gotta love that he's, he's driving with his legs, kind of driving with his crotch, and now he's hitting an exit, and, and this is, every shenanigan leads to another shenanigan. Leads to, oh, how did we get here? Well, super simple. Hit the brakes, bada boom, bada bing. Tear up the car. Big drink, dry throat. It's amazing. And I love Steve Martin, just out of it. Hey man, it's really hot, in here. you should take your jacket off. He's like, yeah, no shit. No shit. I think I'll do that. I think I'll get that done. Good fucking idea. You, wizard, you, you absolute wizard. Yep, I'm gonna take it off. Now, what we also saw, obviously, is uh, John Candy was smoking. By the way, he smokes in this film. This is another weird thing, the smoking. When he smokes in this film, and uh, so, you know, he throws the cigarette out the window, littering, not good, but karma gods, they go, hey, don't worry about it, here you go, and they blew that right back into the back of the car. Now, here comes another just great cinematic moment, right? And this is, uh, you know, John and Steve. They're they're going down. They're going, they're driving down the highway. They're just cruising along, having a good time, having a nice conversation, and everything should be fine. And all of a sudden, there's a car on the other side of the highway honking at them, trying to get their attention, freaking out. Honk 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 honk. What? Is it a race? What's going on? And they're just yelling at them. You're going the wrong way. Now this is, there's something interesting, right? When I was, I was working for this company that uh, had offices in China, and we were talking about the limitations of, uh, of the American language and how it's really hard to learn and how it's really hard to, to leverage, right? So they're, they're like, hey, you're going the wrong way. And they're like, okay, it's like, how would they know where we're going? Right, you're going the wrong way. How would they know where we are going? I mean, they don't know where we're going, we know where we're going. Yeah, they don't know where we're going. Like saying, C. you're talking about the letter, you're talking about eyesight, you're talking about water, right, and they're like, oh, thanks, yeah, we're going the wrong way, ha, ha, ha. But, the wrong way, instead of, you're going the wrong direction. Oh yeah, have another cocktail there, boo, boozy, boozy. But, they're not, they're not putting two and two together until he looks out and he sees the divider that piece of dirt that separates the highways, right? And he's like, "Uh uh-oh, we're literally going the wrong, we're driving towards oncoming traffic, oncoming traffic. And there it is, in between two semis. sparks, explosions, excitement. John Candy turns into the devil. Steve Martin turns into a skeleton. It is absolutely amazing. And now let's stop. Let's get the trunk, let's get our lives what the absolute fuck is going on it's hilarious it's absolutely amazing and it's you know what it's 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 that little thing right it's it's how do you interpret the words and what's coming out what do you see what's going on what's happening man it's you know it's uh it's it's like reading the terms and conditions of a uh you know or reading a legal agreement or trying to listen to politicians right what are the T's and C's? What's going on? What's happening? You know, it's, 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 uh, it's the nuance of, of, of language, right? I mean, you got someone zooming around, honking their horn, trying not to run shit over. It's, it's a fucking nightmare. It's amazing. uh, uh yeah, I just, I just, sorry, I'm rambling on here, folks. It's, it's been a while since I've talked, like I said, I don't, this the beginning? Listen, I get. uh, um, you know, I haven't been on for a while, <clears throat> obviously. And, uh, I'm going to, you know, take a little hiatus here. Uh, we'll be more consistent in 2022. There's just a lot of stuff going on that you can talk about, unfortunately. So why'd you fucking bring it up? Because if, if I seem distracted, I am. But I really wanted to do this one because I love this movie so much. I really love this movie. You know, it's, there's just something so special about it. You just, you've got the oddest couple of people trying to work shit out. You have this, this amazing you know, kind of relationship, kind of not, you, uh, you've got, you know, there's, there's just so much going on. And then you've got, you know, Steve Martin's family, and then you have the struggles of, of, you know, John and, and, and who he is as a person. And there's just, it's just, it's so much, it really is. And through all of it, what really happens and what's really going on is that you're, you're seeing two broken people trying to navigate the world two broken people trying to figure it out two people with their flaws in, in, in grossly different ways trying to get along and trying to navigate what's happening and it's all around the holidays it's all around that stress of the holidays it's it's all around uh, the idea of you know what is who you are and where are you when are you at your When should we see you, at your best or at your worst or at your breaking point? If you're trying to go home, Chicago's 102 miles away from where they're at. Their rental car's on fire and they're on the side of the road, right? And his home is 102 miles away. Your plane's been diverted. You woke up with a man warming his hand between your ass cheeks and then dried your face off with his shit-stained fucking briefs. Right? You've frozen yourself in the back of a car, in the back of a truck, getting a ride to a train station, only to have that stopped, only to then have to walk across a frozen field to, to take a bus, to get the bus, to go to an airport, to rent a car, and then you can't rent the car. Why? Because it's not there. Then you lose your receipt, so your SOL. And then you bump into your friend again. I'll call him a friend you go the wrong way down the highway and now your rental car's on fire. At your breaking point, at your worst, at your most stressed, who are you? Where are you? Do you just sit on the side of the road and cry? Do you you give up? You know we've seen Steve at his most stressful freak out, grit his teeth, yell, cry, you know, just I mean just all visceral anger, and you've seen Candy, you know, Trish try to navigate this, and he's not the best by any stretch of the imagination. He just handles the stress so differently, right? I mean, he's handling the stress so differently, he's, and you can see it. He's, he's trying to be jovial, and he's trying to do silly things, and he's, he's you know, he sold shower curtain rings, his earrings to raise, to get money. There's all sorts of stuff that he did to handle the stress, and they just they handled it absolutely differently I mean Steve Martin is a powder cake waiting to explode because he can't get what he wants and 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 John Candy you can see the loneliness in his eyes he's just seeing this as an opportunity to spend time with someone even if it's negative energy it's energy and he just needs it he needs it around him you know he's he's got excuses you know and he's, he's got problems but he's not yelling he's not being mean He's he's trying to find companionship. He's trying to find someone. He's trying to find something out there. And right now, that is is this Jack Terrier of anger. This, this, this man who's, who's got some financial means, but is still just so broken and is not processing this very well. And just with a sock to the stomach, exactly how Houdini died, as legend goes, and then, of course, he trips over the... Uh, uh, the, uh, very famous case. It's interesting, too, that all of Steve Martin's stuff generally gets damaged. Most of his stuff is, is damaged. His wallet caught on fire, you know, because it was in the car. <clears throat> and, of course, the car was rented with his credit card, and that's destroyed. Yet, Candy's stuff never gets damaged. It really doesn't. He's still, you know, Steve Martin doesn't have his hat, doesn't have his tie anymore. He, um, he doesn't have much. He might still have his tie. I think he still has his tie, but he took—he he had, a, he had a, his, his earmuffs, right? And you know the, everything else is destroyed. He's slowly losing everything, and he doesn't have any cash. He doesn't have a credit card anymore. He Doesn't have anything. He's got a—he's got a nice watch. Is all he's got. Candy's not losing anything, but he really—he didn't have anything to lose at all. All he wanted. Was something, someone, some opportunity, and uh, he, you know, he, he obviously couldn't do that, uh, or not that he couldn't do it. He just he leveraged the opportunity differently in his loneliness. You know, and and, and I bring all this up because, folks, you got to think about the people that are around you, think about what's going on, and uh, think about you know um, just. The People that annoy you the most or that really frustrate you, uh, you know, the situations that are that seem burdensome, um, think about where they're at, think about their history, think about their, uh, you know, their problems, um, think about, you know, who, who they are, where their struggle is, and, and how they express it, right? I mean, John. Candy in in this, in this movie, he expresses it way differently, right? He just does. He expresses it, uh, in just, in just trying to create a relationship. And, and of course, you know, Steve Martin, he expresses it a, a little differently as well, right? In his anger, but don't judge either party, right? Don't do either one. Uh, instead, you know, try, try to be the best you can be, I guess, right? I don't know how these holidays are going to turn out for you guys. I don't know how they're going to turn out for me either. But uh, I'm trying to be uh, the nicest, gentlest person I can, you know, in, in thanking people and in, in doing more for, uh, for, for people in need. And more importantly, uh, just trying to listen, right? Trying to listen and uh, be, be a better dad, be a better friend, be an all-around a better person. You know, taking, taking some time to recharge and, and understand who I am and, and where I'm at and, and what's going on. And uh, as well, you know, try to figure out, you know, what, how I can be better. Uh, I can leave a better mark in this world. And, and this movie, I swear to God, you guys, this movie teaches you that. It really, if you, if you, you, you want to embrace the humor, right? And, and imagine the stress. Now he can't. You know, this is before cell phones. He can't even call home to let his wife know. I'm a hundred. If he could just call her, be like, I'm a hundred miles away. I'm a hundred miles from nowhere, right? I'm a hundred miles away. She drive down to get him. Two hours. Each way, boom, grab John, throw him in the car, let's go. But he can't because there's a lock on the phone. There's a lock on the phone, so he can't even make the phone call. Yeah, that's right. Before there were cell phones, when you'd go rent a, a hotel room, well, what happened? You'd have to pay for all your calls. And if you couldn't, they would just lock or turn off your phone. You'd call the front desk, but that's about it. You'd call the operator. You'd do a collect call, maybe. But that was it, man. You were SOL. It was not good news for you, folks. Not good news at all. So imagine his wife, she doesn't know where he's at. She doesn't know the trials and tribulations he's gone through, and what an acting job. I mean, could you imagine, you get called, you're gonna be in planes, trains, and automobiles. This is your movie, here you go. Are you excited? John Candy, Steve Martin, comedy around Thanksgiving, around family, it's gonna be awesome. She's like, I can't wait. I'm gonna get to work with these acclaimed men of comedy and she's a great actress, so I'm assuming that they're like, I'm going to get to work with this amazing actress. This is fantastic. Thank you. I love it. But what happens? Well, she's stuck uh, basically just doing scenes where she pretends to answer a phone and talk into it. I mean, that's just, I hope she got paid well. That's a rough gig. Talk about a rough gig. John is, uh, Candy is sitting in the car that is caught on fire, that has no roof, barely a windshield, barely any doors. And it's snowing, and he's uh, he's talking to his, his his dead wife, talking about how he's blown it, how he's just gone too far, about how he was, he was just you know his overwhelming presence was was more than overwhelming, right? It's it's that it's that moment, as a, as an introvert that's also an extrovert in some capacity, that moment that just says, man, I fucked up. Man, I did this wrong. Man, I just ah. Man, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, it's, it's like uh, when Sean and I talked over Swingers and there's that part where he's calling and leaving the voicemail. Man, don't leave the voicemail or any part of Seinfeld where, where Costanza leaves a voicemail, right? Any of those. It's just amazing. Oh, I was gonna talk about that. The, uh, the Seinfeld thing. I'm on the Seinfeld kit, by the way. I'm, I'm loving it, right? Seinfeld, one of my favorite shows of all time. And he you know, goes to the, he has to rent a car, right? His car gets damaged, he's gotta rent a car, he goes in. It's like, yes uh jerry seinfeld here got a reservation like, yes you do all right well sir we don't have any uh mid-sized cars available he's like no but i had a reservation she goes yes i know you took the reservation because like, i don't think you know what a reservation is see you gotta hold on to the car you can take reservations take 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 all day long but you gotta hold it you gotta hold it right and uh it's just i don't know it's it's one of those crazy things we and, we're, and In this supply chain, weird world, if you guys live in the future listening to this, let me tell you, COVID, supply chain, people not working, not wanting to work, uh, requiring or or asking for more wages as inflation is going up, as interest rates are going up, the cost of goods is, is, is getting more and more expensive every day. It's gonna be the most expensive Thanksgiving in the history of America. And in all of that, in all of that, like you gave me it's impossible to rent a car my, my truck was in the shop for five days oh boohoo i know i would i mean listen i'm not complaining i'm just you know just saying i was going to rent a car for those days and it was going to be 400 bucks it was going to be a hundred dollars a day plus taxes you got to be kidding me that's ridiculous i mean for and that's talking like a, you know, like a tiny tiny car it's not talking like replicating my truck it was a tiny tiny car i got to take a drink here one second I do have a question or a thought for you guys. I want you to think about it. And you're like, what are you drinking, Jay? Well, it's in the morning over here, so I am uh, dropping nothing but solid root beer Zevias. That's right. Root beer Zevia. It's good for you. No sugar, no calories. All oh, the great taste of root beer. Also makes a great root beer float. If you haven't tried a root beer float Zevia, you are missing out. But don't take my word for it. Take my kids' word for it. That's right. All she'll have is root beer Zevia's. But is it regular ice cream, you say? No, sir. It is from the fabulous company d light Founded in, or created in, the great state of Florida. d is also a, it is a, what would you call d Man, I really fucked this commercial up, didn't I? <laughs> Not a commercial, just an idea. But uh, what is it's, um. It's kind of like frozen yogurt, I guess. It has like, you know, a couple grams of carbs, a couple grams of sugar, but it has all this great flavor. I'm sure it's one million percent chemicals, and nothing else right just a million just chemicals but it tastes good I like it so you do this uh, you get vanilla delight and then you get the Zevia and then you basically got this zero sugar or less than you know 10 grams of sugar less than five grams of sugar I believe treat for your kid they feel like they're getting something sweet and amazing what are you doing what are you delivering that's right you're delivering on excellence absolute excellence I love it it's the best try it out folks check them out check out delight I'm sure you know what ZB is. I love that the car stuck. Hold on, I gotta take another drink here. God, my throat is so dry. These allergies are kicking my butt. My goodness, my my goodness. Have you ever had a beater? Have you ever just had a a, uh, a vehicle that just was horrible? Just didn't uh, didn't run right. Oh, reverse works, and right into the hotel. I mean, you gotta you gotta get going. You oh you got to get going. You know, the, the good part is people who aren't stressed. Nice ad for Pepsi. People who aren't stressed, uh, people who kind of go with the flow a little bit better, they will rub off on you. Let's go. Let's get out of here, right? They will absolutely positively rub off on you. And you see now, whereas before Steve Martin would have freaked out, you know, uh, banging into the, the, the hotel and, 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 and wrecking. Now he's just like let's go, let's go, let's go, let's let's go, let's get out of here, right? I mean, he's he's kind of getting that candy vibe, and and candy needs some of his vibe too, but he uh, he needs he needs his vibe as well. He gotta chill out a little bit. And this car is just destroyed, brother. It is just so destroyed. You know, it is. Uh, the people are staring at him. But if you've never had a, a car that's embarrassing, just embarrassing, not only in looks but also in performance, right? Though. That it's character building, right? And not only does it make you want a, uh, a, a new car and to work towards getting a different car, but boy, oh boy, it, uh, it, it builds a, a level of character and insight where you're just like, hey, man, oh man, I've survived this. I've survived whether it's, you know, and some people think it's embarrassing. I don't, listen, if you've got a car, you're doing better than 99% of the people on planet Earth, all right, you just are. So don't be embarrassed don't be embarrassed by the car, uh, you know, and don't be embarrassed by your situation. Own it. Listen, the car doesn't define you, all right? I know plenty of assholes that have nice cars, and I know great, great people that have beaters, and and vice versa, right? It just doesn't define you. Now, there's levels of comfort and things, and, and, but work towards them, right? Just work towards them. Don't put yourself in crazy debt. Just work towards them and get them. You know, this car, you think about the character. They're singing songs together. They're They're, they're building a bond, and they're building a bond over over a harsh or, uh, or or bad situation, right? But look at look at the growth. You know, you've you've gone from Steve freaking out every time and getting mad and yelling, to now they're they're in this car and it's freezing outside and they're bundled up and they've been pulled over and he's not mad and freaking out. They were they were singing songs and having fun together right you you gotta make the situation what it is and this this may seem a little bit repetitive but I'm just trying to drive a point home you know it's uh, it is it's it's imperative folks it's just it's so imperative that you know in this world and all the things that we're doing right is it especially during the holidays you got to make the best out of a bad situation because I know some of you are, are you're going home to places that aren't the greatest maybe don't have the best relationships That's my dishwasher again, there it is. Just reminding me not to get too serious. But I know you're going to those places, right? I I know those things are happening and, you know, it's a, uh, it sucks, it does, you know, and sometimes you are like, Jay, I can't make the best of this situation, right? I can't, then don't go. Then create your own good situation, right? Invite friends over, cook for them. What are you gonna disappoint people that you don't wanna be around, that's gonna make your life miserable? So you're just going to play that game? No, I mean, be kind, right? Be gentle, but also you don't have to go, right? You don't have to go at all. I love this. They're getting a ride in a semi now. Now, this is something I've never done. I've never hitchhiked. Uh, I've picked up hitchhikers before. I've done that. That's crazy. Don't recommend that. There aren't a lot of hitchhikers anymore. Do you notice? I mean, listen, folks, my age, you know, let's go uh, 35 and above on this one, right? 35 and above. Have you noticed there's not a lot of hitchhikers anymore? You just don't have... Just don't have the hitchhikers. And also I just still don't understand why he hasn't called his wife. You are hundred miles away from Chicago. Let's say you covered 30 more miles to get to the hotel. Maybe the hotel was 10 miles away and you got 20 or 30 miles in. So now you're 60 or 70 miles away from Chicago. Why not call your wife? This is where I'm at. But instead he's riding in the back of a dairy semi Going down these backcountry roads as they're delivering dairy to try to get home, like listen, man, oh my gosh, Oshkosh bagosh. I don't know if that's actually Oshkosh Oshkoshnigan. I don't know. It's some dairy. Looks good. It reminds me of the, the cow. Reminds me of the uh, Canadian Milk Council. Had an ad that I would listen to as a kid. Uh, they're entering Chicago now. Woohoo! But uh, it was mama mammut cows, mama make milk. It's the only thing that we adore. But when the moon shines on the cacao shed, we hope the cows are making plenty more, more. That was it. That's what it was. That's what it was. I loved it. This is um, this is the telltale moment. I might get a little misty out here, but I absolutely I, I love this. They're in Chicago, They've been dropped off at the train station. And, uh, you know, he's going to take the red line or blue line to the nearest stop near his home and then just walk home, you know. Uh, and I get the walk home part. I get this aspect of uh, a moment of clarity, a moment of reflection. You know, as, as a person likes to tell stories, right? I kind of want to key up my story. I want to get everything ready. I don't want to miss some points. You know, they, they give a hug goodbye. And... Uh, You know, you see them tearing up, man, because I I love this part, and I love this part, you guys, because this is this is this is really beautiful, right? I mean, Steve's lost everything. He doesn't have his briefcase anymore. He doesn't have his you know his little his thing that carried his his suit jacket and everything else. It's just him. No, he's got his tie still. He's got his shoes. They're destroyed. And he's getting on the train, and there's John just waving by, and you know, you see Steve. He's been like, holy shit, I survived. I just need a moment. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and see my family, and I, and I, and I need that. But you also see uh, John Candy. And all of a sudden you see that, man, it's Thanksgiving. And he realizes he's alone again. He's got nowhere to go. He's got all of his gear. He's got nowhere to go. Nowhere at all. You know, Steve's trying to check his watch, and he can't. And it's these moments of reflection that have you thinking about your family and your kids and, and also the time you just spent with someone. And was it valuable? Was it, was it worth it? You know, what did it mean? Uh, What was shared? What did you regret? You know, what, uh, what was it that really, you know, brought you joy, brought you happiness? You know, so you, you, you got to think about, especially, you know, in his, his case, right? It's I a mean, reflection. There they were snuggled up in bed. It's like, oh my God, how am I going to tell that story? How, how am I going to tell a story about a car catching on fire? Like, how do, We're going the wrong way, going in between two semis. How do I tell that? And uh, how do I live with the embarrassment that was such an asshole to him, to obviously someone who was in need, obviously someone who was desperate for uh, for attention. Obviously, someone that was was very alone. Right? And then you start, you start doing the uh, you start recapping the conversation. And this is where, you know, Steve Martin figures out. He's like, oh man, he doesn't have anybody. This lonely guy doesn't have anyone. And uh this is where you see Steve's heart. This is where you see the heart of the character. This is where you see the thing, the inside. And you, he comes in, and there's the train station. It's fucking empty. It's empty. And there's John Candy sitting by himself, alone. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to go at all. Beautiful sweater vest. I'm so glad there's no video. Tears rolling down my cheeks, folks. I love this. And you don't have a heart if this doesn't touch you. Just fast forward to the end. You get a get an hour and 20, 20 minutes in. Get an hour and 20 minutes in. Just start the movie there. Just play this part of the movie around your friends and family and ask them to share their favorite story about how they shared a holiday with someone. That's what you do, right? Because, you know, it's... Yeah, it's family, it's family, it's people coming together. It's it's all of those things, and they're amazing. But it's also, folks, it's also it's it's, it's making new friends, and it's hard to do as an adult, right? Seinfeld talks about it. Uh, season three, boyfriend one, boyfriend two. I think it's the the last two episodes. I love this part. This part, man, every time makes me tear up, and I will watch this movie again tomorrow, and I'll probably watch it over the weekend. But this part, this is the part. You can't beat it. Beautiful street suburbs chicago they just walk down the middle of it they're you know carrying that stupid case candy's all you know he's got all his stuff he's got he's got his you know once again i mean steve martin's got nothing he's got nothing and he's john candy's got all this stuff and it's like oh my gosh daddy's home and it's not here's the thing here's the thing I, i want you guys to look at one he's got this beautiful family everybody's here you can see his wife hearing that, that he's there. And he's shaking hands. He's hugging the kids. He's introducing to everybody, right? He's like, hey, here's my friend who I met on this crazy journey, which I'm sure, man, if they just did a plane, trains, and automobiles too, it would just be the dinner, the recap conversation, the stories. And then, you know, it, it would digress into more of, of John Candy's crazy stories of, of selling shower curtain rings. But more importantly, what you see is you see Stevie looks up and he sees his wife. He sees his wife, and he introduces his new friend, and this. That's it. That moment, Dale Griffith realizes and sees what Steve has and knows and was reminded of what he lost, but is also so distinctly aware that through this crazy world, through these crazy travels, through planes, trains and automobiles, through everything. He's not only witnessing family love, but he's, he's become a part of, him, of a family himself. He's become a part of them. That stupid mustache and that awkward smile and tears welling up in his eyes, you see a man realizing that he's found a home again. And that's it. Get all teary-eyed and push at the end. You guys got me. John Hughes, you son of a bitch. You're the best. So there it is, folks. Uh, be a little sporadic throughout December, or I don't know. It's just, yeah. Just, but, um, you know, uh, we'll get some more guests and some more people, and we'll have some more fun. Thanks for listening, as always. I love you guys very much. Don't be that pesky avocado. And now, enjoy more than anything else. Uh, A couple more things. I'm sorry, man. What a horrible closing. I want to say uh, big thanks to uh, my dear friend uh, Thomas in the Netherlands, uh, and big thanks to uh, Scott, creator of Colorblind by Design. Follow each other on Instagram at Talking During Movies, and uh, he creates those six packs. And uh, you know Thomas creates all the uh, cool video assets and puts my face on things, and just he's he's an amazing artist. Uh, He's at, at the hairy artist. You know, uh, great friends, great guys, amazing talent. Way more talented than I'll ever be. Please give it, check them out, and uh, you know what? Check them out, and uh, also don't be afraid to uh, you know sing along with my daughter. She sings about the first time she took a shit by herself. Love you guys. Have an amazing Thanksgiving. I hope it is uh, as. La- is filled with as many laughs as uh, this movie is but hopefully not as many uh, tribulations be good here's the rock star singing about poop Thank okay.